Welcome to Under the Bleachers. This is a podcast that explores all things sports, all things queer, and the fabulous intersection where queer and sports meet. This podcast is brought to you by Team DC, the nonprofit association of LGBTQ plus sports and recreation organizations in the Washington, D.C. area. I'm Laura. I'm the vice president of Team DC, and I've played and loved sports my whole life. I've played with Team DC member clubs, the DC Furies Women's Rugby Club, and Rogue Darts. And I'm Gabe. I'm also on the board of Team DC, and I'm a diehard sports fan. I've played with many of the Team DC member clubs, including the DC Gay Flag Football League, Kara Bowling, Stonewall Kickball, Rogue Darts, and the Washington Scandals Rugby Football Club. I'm also a member of the DC Different Drummers, and I do a little bit of drag on the side. We hope you enjoy this week's trip under the bleachers. Welcome, everyone. Laura and Gabe here. It's September 13th, and you're listening to the season three premiere of Under the Bleachers. On this podcast, we take turns, and this week, it's Gabe's turn to choose our topics. For our discussion of all things queer, he chose Lil Nas X's Baby News. For our conversation on all things sports, we're talking about the U.S. Open and college football upsets. And for our topic at the intersection of sports and queer, we're talking about Team Queer at the Tokyo Olympics. After that, we're going to share our interview with Joey Colby-Begovich, the VP of Guest Experience for the Washington football team. First, a quick update on Team DC. Team DC is excited to announce that the first ever Pride Night Out with the Washington football team. Night Out is this Thursday, September 16th at 8.20 p.m. Tickets are available for $30, $70, or $130 and can be purchased at WashingtonFootball.com backslash pride or through the Team DC website, www.teamdc.org. Each ticket comes with a Washington football team pride rally towel. There will be a pregame party with all-you-can-eat buffet and free beer and wine for $28 at FedEx Field starting at 6.30 p.m., and you can get those tickets at the same links, washingtonfootball.com backslash pride or teamdc.org. Finally, Team DC has arranged for a bus to take everyone to and from the game. The bus is $20 per person for a round-trip ride with pickup and drop-off at Pitchers. Buses will leave at 5.30 and 6 p.m. and will depart FedEx Field at the end of the third quarter and at the end of the game. Email brent at teamdc.org to reserve a seat on the bus. On October 9th, we'll celebrate the final Pride Night out of the season with the Washington Spirit. The game is at Audi Field at 7.30 with a pregame party at the Heineken Rooftop Bar at Audi Field starting at 6.30. Tickets can be purchased at teamdc.org. And join us at Dacha after the game for a post-game party and get a free beer when you show your game ticket at the bar. We're back for season three, and Gabe and I will be bringing you new episodes of Under the Bleachers every Monday at underthebleachers.podbean.com, on Apple Podcasts, and on Google Podcasts. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Taking the extra few seconds to hit those buttons or type a quick review means a lot to help us get the word out, so please do it. And share us with a friend or two if you know people that would be interested in listening in. And now, here's Gabe with our first topic in this week's trip under the bleachers. All right, first up for my queer topic, and there's a bunch of baby news out. I'd first like to wish a quick congratulations to Secretary Mayor Pete and Chasen Buttigieg on the birth of their two children, Penelope Rose and Joseph August Buttigieg. And moving along with the baby theme, Little Nas X is teasing the release of his long-awaited debut album, Montero, which drops on Friday, September 17th, by creating a baby registry to celebrate his new little bundle of joy. The registry includes the names of the songs 
and 16 different LGBTQ plus centered nonprofit organizations where fans can donate to and learn about their mission. Many of the nonprofit organizations support specific communities in the country and causes that are often overlooked, like the Bail Project, which is an organization that's mission is to end the use of cash bail, and others that serve trans and communities of color in South Florida and Alabama. Little Nas X has blown up the internet and ruffled some feathers with the release of his Devil's Shoe collaboration, pictures of himself as pregnant, and his hot video for Industry Baby that has raised over $58,000 for charity. All right, Laura, so have you kept up with any of this Little Nas X news? <laughs> I know you love music. Yeah, I do love music, honestly. Sadly, I am a relic of a time gone by, and rarely, <laughs> rarely do I listen to new music. Um, and if I'm being completely honest, hip-hop is not really my favorite genre. All that having been said, of course, I have really enjoyed Lil Nas X's uh, pregnancy photo shoots that uh, have been coming out on the internet the last couple of days. Um, I'm super stoked about this cool idea he had with the gift registry where all the money goes to nonprofits. Um, you know, Lil Nas X has had a hell of a year, you know, starting with uh, that crazy country song, uh, I guess, at the end of last year. And then he had a book come out at the beginning of the year that I think became like a bestseller. It's like a children's book. And now he's up for video of the year at the VMAs. Um, and, you know, he gave a lap dance to the devil. So, hey, Lil Nas X I mean, everywhere. Who hasn't been keeping up with Lil Nas X? <laughs> I do love that he's, like, pushing the buttons, but they're the right buttons to push. Yeah, you know, like, I, I think most people probably who pay attention to pop culture news heard all the fucking problems with DaBaby uh, this summer. Um, and, you know, DaBaby made a lot of really nasty comments about the gay community and people who are living with HIV. And it just is indicative of some of the um, anti-LGBTQ bias um, in the hip hop industry and in parts of the black community. And Lil Nas X is there to combat that. And, <laughs> you know, Lil Nas X is not having it and he is going to be out. And, you know, it's awesome because he hit the scene as the guy doing the video, the country music video. Who was that? Billy Ray Cyrus or somebody he was with? Yeah, right. And now he's like out there unapologetically queer. Um, his new songs have decidedly queer overtones in there. Yeah, he kissed one of his backup dancers on the mouth. It might have been on Saturday Night Live or maybe it was. Like, yeah, then he, split, he split his pants. Yeah, so he, he you know. I'm happy to see a black man in the hip hop world being, you know, out and proud and unapologetic about it. And his new album, you know, I think we can expect that you'll hear a lot more sort of autobiographical lyrics and things that are true to himself and his real identity. It's going to be, I think, a little different than Old Town Road. Yeah. And I think what the cool thing is that, again, he's using his celebrity powers for good and shining yeah. a light on just a different part of the country and a different part of the world that a lot of people don't really know about. Like one no. of the, the things like he's shining a light on is like the bail project and how like the cash bail system is a huge problem in the U.S., uh, primarily for people of color. And, uh, you know, it gets you thinking about certain things that are going on in other parts of the country that normally people don't think about. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I'm glad, you know, that also, you know, having him you know, focus on some LGBTQ issues, particularly the trans community and community of color in some of the Southern states. Like, it's just a big deal. And, 
So yeah, I'm all for Lil Nas X. So far, I'm, he's got he's done nothing to offend me. I got no problems with him. Um, he looks really pretty, like in his photo shoot. He's great <laughs> as a pregnant person. Uh, but you know, I, that said, I'm probably not gonna suddenly start listening to hip hop music either. So the only thing that's annoying me is that everyone, including me, wants to see the uncens the uncensored version of Industry Baby. That was no, like I totally no. fell for it. I totally fell for that prank on YouTube. Oh my god! There is no uncensored version. He's never there gonna release. Somewhere. He's never going to release a version without the penises blurred out. So all you thirsty gays need to get over it and enjoy the video for what it is. <laughs> a work of art. A work of art. Awesome. His makeup, and whoever is his makeup artist is a genius too, because his eye makeup is on point. <laughs> totally agree. So hopefully people can check it out, check out the baby registry, donate to some of these cool nonprofits and learn more. And I can't wait for the album because uh, he's giving uh, gays and queers what they want. Because you see all the people that are on the album, like Miley yeah. Cyrus, Megan Thee Stallion, Elton John. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I love that I saw he was doing a song with Elton John. Yeah, no, it's going to be great. Uh, I think Doja Cat is on there too. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just think Doja Cat is just one of the funnier uh, people in existence right now. So, uh, yeah, no, all good. Also, everybody run out to Twitter and tweet at Secretary Mayor Pete. Um, I don't know if they knew what they were getting into with twins, but congratulations to Judge family because that's pretty great news too all right Gabe what's going on in sports I'm moving on to my sports topic and we finally have sports yay after a year and a half two years I don't know 2020 doesn't count we finally have a whole bunch of sports first off can we say how amazing Emma Raducanu is uh, Raducanu defeated Layla Fernandez on Saturday to win the 2021 U.S. Open in the women's single division the 18 year old British team was ranked 150th in the world at the beginning of the year and is the first tennis player to win a Grand Slam title after surviving the qualifying tournament. She's also the first British woman to win a Grand Slam title since 1977. A few weeks ago, she was worried about her high school exams and now she's getting phone calls from Queen Elizabeth. Over on the men's side, Novak Djokovic is playing the most important match of his career against number two ranked Daniel Menvedev. If Djokovic can pull off the win, he would be the first calendar year men's single Grand Slam champion since 1969. And since we're recording this on Sunday, we don't know. So hopefully he wins. And a quick recap of college football, where upsets are here to stay. Oregon beat Ohio State in week two, which has somewhat revived the Pac-12. The Big, the Big Ten is stunned after three of their top teams, Ohio State, Indiana, and Wisconsin, all have losses in week two. Notre Dame could barely beat Toledo. Texas loses to Arkansas. Iowa beats Iowa State. And the funniest upset from back home was the University of Texas San Antonio Roadrunners, beep, beep, stunned Illinois with uh, beating them 37 to 30. The memes and videos of crying fans were fantastic and gave me life all week. This is truly turning out to be the season of the underdog and maybe the undercat because one of the craziest videos that I saw this weekend showed the cat or showed a cat dangling from the stands in Miami, falling down and being caught by a group of fans with an American flag. All right, Laura, so what do you think about sports uh, this week? It's been very interesting. There's a lot of stuff going on. 
All right. Well, the one thing you didn't mention, it's week one of the NFL this week as well. So sports, oh, right. sports are blowing up everywhere this week. Also, the Subway Series this weekend, the Mets and the Yankees are playing at City Field in New York. And last night had a really special ceremony to commemorate the 20th anniversary of September 11th. Um, uh, Joe Torre and Bobby Valentine, who were the managers of the Mets and Yankees in 2001, were there to throw out ceremonial for pitches. Uh, Mike Piazza, who hit the home run herb round of the world, uh, the first game back after September 11th to give the Mets the win over the Braves in that first game back, um, was there to celebrate as well. Unfortunately, the Mets lost the game to the Yankees by a run, uh, but it was a really good game, exciting, a lot of home runs, a lot of um, great people were there, and a lot of really meaningful tributes um, to first responders and everything else. So, yeah, tons and tons of great stuff going on in sports right now. We are so excited uh, to have sports back. Honestly, the U.S. Open is stunning what's going on this year. So glad for Emma. Um, that's super excited. As a person who was born in 1977, I'm here to tell you it's been a real long time since a British woman won a Grand Slam title. Uh, and that's such great. It's like such an awesome story to see a qualifier in a, in a final, a Grand Slam final, let alone win. So yeah, that's super awesome. I personally am not a fan of Djokovic, so I kind of am not rooting for him to pull off. Uh, the Grand Slam so you know uh, but it is <laughs> I mean we have to admit that even if it's somebody we don't like it's a cool thing uh, to see so um, yeah no and you know I, also college football I get it I mean Oregon everybody's talking about Oregon beating Ohio State as the I mean that's kind of huge but I mean Oregon is like a top 10 team like or maybe they were like they were definitely a top 15 team it's not like the University of Texas at San Antonio Roadrunners came in and beat Ohio State, right? And hopefully we're going to have a really good time watching football this Thursday at the first ever Pride Night Out and the New York Giants take on the Washington football team. And lose. Well, we'll see about that. Yeah, as we're, as we're talking, my fantasy football is blowing up. Um, yeah, I was telling Laura about this. So I started a fantasy football team with uh, the lovely people at Green Hat Gin, and I don't know what I'm doing. So, but I'm apparently winning and my phone is blowing up because I'm winning. So that's good. Just so you know, your phone blowing up does not necessarily mean you're winning. It does. You're going to get, you will get like a little announcement to tell you if anybody in your game is in the red zone, that may or may not mean you're going to even score a point. Like, I have a 90% chance of beating my friend Travers right now. So I'm very well, excited. That makes me think Travers might have a really uh, bad fantasy football team. No, he had a good one. I had the worst in our like league. Like I, I my, well, because my picking strategy was stupid, but it was great. I, I first I went for people that their hair didn't fit in the helmet, and then I wanted people with like the coolest like like sounding name, um, and then it just went to like whatever was left because it was it's very stressful. That was my first time doing an in-person fantasy football draft and it was very cutthroat <laughs> yeah no in-person drafts can be a little intimidating um my both my drafts were virtual this year uh this week i somehow managed to get 43 plus points out of Dak prescott and still looks like i'm gonna somehow lose a game in that league but in my other league, it looks like I might eke out a win. So we'll see. I don't know. Fantasy football is such a crapshoot. And it's real early in the season. 
I usually like to hold on and wait for some big injuries to happen and then swoop in and uh, get some wind. I'm now going to play this cat video just to see just how wild it is. Poor little cat. How did the cat <gasps> How? Oh, that cat was up high. <laughs> oh my God. Cats are so dumb sometimes. Oh, I feel terrible for this cat. That cat is scared. Oh my God. Okay, so it looked like a cartoon how he spread all of his legs out uh, like a starfish on the way down. Cat video, I just assumed this is what we see every year. There's always a video of a cat who gets into a baseball stadium and runs around the outfield for a while. I thought that's what you were going to show me. No, the cat falling for the stadium. Yeah, so go check that out on YouTube, everyone. It's at the University of Miami football game. And that poor cat uh, took quite a tumble. But thankfully, we had some intrepid fans with a flag uh, in the level below to catch this cat. <laughs> But then you see the end where they're like trying to get the cat away. The cat's like fighting and scratching and they're just like, all right, cat, like go away. I mean, that cat just had the biggest scare of its life. It needed to be just <laughs> left alone. All right. Well, sports is back is the uh, motto of this week. Um, but what's going on at the intersection of sports and queer? Okay. Okay. For this week's topic at the intersection of sports and queer, we're going to go uh, back a few months. Um, since we took our break, and it's time for our Tokyo Olympics recap. <laughs> Team LGBTQ Plus had 185 out and proud athletes, which is amazing when you compare it to only 56 athletes in Rio in 2016 and 23 in London in 2012. The Games were even dubbed the Rainbow Olympics by some media outlets due to the record number of queer athletes competing. Team LGBTQ Plus won 11 gold, 13 silver, and and nine bronze medals. If they were all part of some fabulous country somewhere, they would have placed seventh in the medal count ahead of Italy, France, Germany, Canada, and Brazil. Gold medalist Sue Bird proudly served as one of the flag bearers for Team USA during the opening ceremony, and Tom Daly gave the cutest shout out to his husband and son after securing his gold medal. And Team Canada's Quinn became the first transgender and non-binary athlete to medal and win a gold medal in Olympics history. Can't wait to see how Team LGBTQ Plus will do at the Winter Olympics in Beijing, which are only five months away. Yeah, that's too trippy for me. Too, <laughs> you can't have the Olympics five months apart. It's very confusing. It, <laughs> it, it really freaks me out. But So the biggest problem I had with the Olympics being in Tokyo is the time zone. It was just so hard to watch anything live. Everything was a spoiler. I had to get up four in the morning to watch soccer games. It was, uh, it was rough. I, you know, I know. Now you know how the other side of the world feels. Yeah, but we're America. Hey, didn't they start in Greece? Yeah, no, I'm just saying, didn't you? Have you ever heard of American exceptionalism? We're supposed to believe that everything revolves around us. <laughs> <laughs> no, all right. Honestly though, yeah, it was tough. Um, I felt like I was really missing out on some of the excitement of the live, what's gonna happen. Um, but you're right, Rainbow Olympics it was. There were gay people knitting in the stands. There were gay people winning medals. It was uh, all around crazy and good time. Um, also, Sue Bird is a badass. So, Sue Bird, if I'm not mistaken, has five gold medals. Yep. <laughs> you know, I, honestly, I don't even know what that's about. Like... <laughs> For like nobody in any other sport 
well, all right, I shouldn't say that without looking it up and being right, but how many people play in five separate Olympics, let alone win a gold medal in all five of them? Like, I, I know a lot of time a swimmer, you know, might medal five times in one Olympics, but she won a gold in five different Olympics. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, so what was your favorite part of the Olympics this year? Any highlights? I did kind of miss the um, the whole, like, fan aspect because it kind of seemed kind of weird to see all the empty stands and stuff like that. Um, but I did like, like, the home videos and stuff like that of, like, people cheering from their homes and stuff like that, which I thought was really, really cool. They still try to make it kind of like a we're still in this together, not like a rushed Olympics. Um, yeah, I think they did the best they could under the circumstances, right? Yeah. And it was also the one thing that I kind of liked, too, is like uh, because of COVID and just some other stuff, a lot of countries that normally don't get a chance to medal or don't do as well, like were amazing this year. I think it was like the Philippines got their first medal ever in Olympic yep. history. That's uh, very cool. Really cool. Um, There's a lot of firsts at this Olympics. Yeah, which is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, how awesome is it? Like, I, you know, we'll see for the next Summer Olympics, maybe there'll be uh, 300 gay out and proud athletes. Who knows? It seems like we're growing exponentially at the Summer Olympics. <laughs> okay, that's this week's Under the Bleachers Roundup of Things Queer, Things Sports, and Things at the Intersection of Sports and Queer. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll share our interview with Joey Colby Begovich, Vice President of Guest Experience for the Washington football team. Welcome back to Under the Bleachers. Today, we are joined by Joey Colby Begovich, the Vice President of Guest Experience with the Washington football team. Welcome, Joey. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, we are excited to talk to you and learn more about what you do with the Washington football team. So let's just start right there. What the heck is a Vice President of Guest Experience and what do you do? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, sounds like a fancy, fluffy title. So Basically, my role with the Washington football team is that I oversee our fan experience. So um, how our fans um, experience game day at FedEx Field, everything from their arrival experience to the way that they get into the stadium to all of the fun things that they experience in the stadium. Uh, not in charge of the football team, right? That's a whole other group that does that. <laughs> Um, but like uh, the food and beverage and the entertainment um, and any uh, activations or programming, that all falls under um, my scope. Sure. That's very broadly what I do. <laughs> well, no, I mean, that sounds really great. And just to break it down a little bit, one, if I'm mad that the Washington football team hasn't scored enough points, I should not come to you. <laughs> but two, if my car gets stuck in the parking lot for too long after the game, and I really don't know why you don't have somebody out there directing traffic, I should come to you. Yeah, that's a, that's a good, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Those are both experiences I've had uh, at FedEx Field. So. So I, I can't comment on the, the, uh, the not enough points on the field. However, um, we've done a lot of work to improve our parking experience, both um, arriving and leaving the stadium that we're really excited about this year. 
Oh, well, that is good to know. I, you know what? I was joking, but I think that there's always work that can be done in parking lots. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the main reason we are talking to you today is because we are excited that the Washington football team is going to be celebrating its first ever Pride Night this year. Um, so we're just curious, how did this come to happen? Why 2021? Why is this when the Washington football team decided it was time to have a Pride Night? Well, um, you know, we have, and it's been very public, gone on an entire leadership transformation in our organization, started with our president, our, um, I don't know if we can still call him our new president, he just celebrated the year, Jason Wright. Um, you know, he took over as president of the team, um, hired a lot of new leaders, myself included, in, in that group. Um, and a part of our sort of new vision for our organization is to be very intentional um, about our core values and our core mission as an organization. And one of those is um, diversity, equity, inclusion, and also being intentional about how how we engage um, marginalized communities uh, in the DMV area. And so over Pride Month this year, we had a very special moment that during one of our, uh, we call them Ask Me Anythings, they're weekly meetings with our entire organization, with our leadership team. And we set aside one of those meetings to invite some folks from the LGBTQ plus community to come and speak to us um, about specifically the LGBTQ community within the DMV. And so we got a chance to meet Brent from Team DC, which was awesome. We also um, had Ryan and Ashley from the DC Pride Alliance on with us. Um, members of our team got to ask them questions. They shared with us a lot of the different programming and initiatives that were happening um, in the DC metro area. And so what came out of that with meeting Brent was... Uh, that all of these other teams were being intentional about reaching out to members of this community. Um, and we had not yet done that. We were doing a lot of work internally um, with our own organization. Um, and this was our first step to reach out into the broader community. Um, you know, we're really excited about it. Um, and we hope that people will come. Yes, well, I believe people will come. You know what they say, if you put a rainbow on it, people will show. Um, <laughs> I, and I'm, I'm, I think that's great. And I'm excited to hear that um, this new leadership team is taking those steps. That's really great news. So can you give us a little preview about what we can expect on Pride Night uh, at the Washington football team? Yeah, so, um, so pregame on the field, um, we are going to have a performance from members of the Gay Men's Chorus uh, of DC um, that we are planning with them right now. All of our fans who purchase a Pride Night Out ticket through WashingtonFootball.com backslash pride are going to receive a special rally towel featuring the team's pride logo, a special logo that was created for us this year by the NFL. Um, and there's a bunch of different seating options for every single price point from our upper concourse, you know, with tickets starting at 30 bucks um, and our premium seats at our club level, even down to our lower um, concourse and our lower bowl as well. Um, and then 
Everybody who purchases a ticket will also have the option to add on a pregame party in one of our event spaces um, for 28 bucks. It's an all you can eat buffet, beer, wine, and a celebration um, just for um, our pride group. Um, those tickets are very limited where we have a lot of tickets in the other areas. So if you want to do that, please book those soon. And then each of our tickets that are purchased, will um, we're going to make a $5 donation to the uh, DC flag football, our gay flag football league, which we're really excited Woo. to support as well. Are you on that game? I am actually. All right. <laughs> I think All right. Gabe is, is a member of every LGBT <laughs> organization. But I started in football. I started in flag football when I moved to DC. I love Flag it. football was the first. Was We're going to have some special recognition as well on our video boards. And so it should be a really fun night out. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. What is the Pride logo like? Is it just similar to your logo with a rainbow involved or anything else you can tell us about it? Our Washington Pride logo is actually, if you go to the Team DC website, you can see our Pride logo is on the um, the top banner as like the next event it's on there. So it is the um, updated, more inclusive Pride flag uh, that includes all of the colors uh, as well as white light blue pink um black and brown great is anybody else in the nfl doing this or is uh, the washington football team kind of the uh, the ones who are starting it out this season um i am aware of one other team and i can't say for certain that no other team is doing it but i am aware that the san francisco 49ers do host um some sort of uh, a similar event um but this will be the first time for the washington football team um and it's long overdue and we're excited yeah, that's great. I think I remember that um, the 49ers had their first one very recently. It was within the last couple of years, they were the first team to to do one. And, and it's exciting to see that spread. I mean, we've been celebrating night out at, with the Washington Nationals for 16 years now. So I'm glad to see it um, has spread to the NFL. Um, so what do you think... Um, from your perspective, or if you can speak more broadly as to the organization's perspective, what do y'all hope to accomplish by adding Pride Night to your schedule? So it's very simple. We believe as an organization that football is for everyone. And we are excited to create events um, throughout the year where we can reach members of our fan base um, that we uh, can not only reach them, but we can welcome them, we can recognize them, we can celebrate them. Um, and that is core to the organization that we are trying to build at the Washington football team. And so the simple answer is football is for everyone. And this is um, an intentional, intentional initiative um, to celebrate that. And you're the vice president of guest experience. So I, I'm hearing what you're saying. And I think you're directing this mostly at fans, right? Like you want L members of the LGBTQ community to feel like they are welcome as fans, they are appreciated as fans. Um, do you think that'll have any sort of impact on um, players in the NFL and how they may view uh, participation in the actual sport by LGBTQ athletes? Well, we can only hope. Um, it's interesting, you know, uh, as a, you know, a, a queer person myself um, who um, never thought that a job in the NFL 
was available to me even on the business side, let alone a player thinking that on the uh, on the actual football side. Um, there's still barriers to be torn down here, um, and you know. As, as gay people, we know that representation matters, right? And, and it matters to young people. Um, because I never saw somebody like me in the position that I'm in now, um, I never thought it was available to me. So I spent 20 years in the hospitality industry, and I would have never taken this role had um, a recruiter not reached out for me, to me, and Jason Wright being very intentional about hiring somebody like me. Um, and I think the same is for the NFL. We had the news earlier during Pride Month this year of Carl Nazib on the Oakland Raiders coming out. And that moment was so monumental when you think about the thousands of children who participate in sports in this country, right? Who may not see somebody like them, right? You know, young girls who, you know, don't see... Um, women wearing hijabs playing um, professional sports, right? There's a barrier to be torn down there. Um, little young gay boys, right? To see somebody like Carl Nazib, that, that those things would be available to them, right? And not to stop dreaming um, because they just don't know it exists. And so we do exist. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's that's and fantastic. Those boundaries and and tear down those barriers. Um, we just continue to make inroads to equity and equality. For sure. I mean, we certainly agree with you. Team DC is our entire mission is centered around raising awareness of the LGBTQ community and the sports world in general, and also making sure that members of the LGBTQ community feel welcome um, and have places to participate. So it's obviously um, an issue that's very close to both Gabe and I at my heart. Um, and also we talk about this all the time that, um, you know, we hope that events like this, we certainly believe that it will help fans feel more comfortable coming out. We hope that it will um, make the atmosphere in the locker rooms and on the actual playing fields more welcoming. And maybe that will lead to players who are in the NFL right now who are closeted. Maybe that leads to them feeling more comfortable coming out. But at the end of the day, what I truly believe will be the most important part of it is, like you said, the kids at home who are watching and the next generation um, being able to come up and not worry that 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 their identity is going to be a barrier to their dreams. So um, I really appreciate everything you said. And we are behind you 100% and can't wait to work with you on this event. <laughs> it's going to be great. And like I said, it, I mean, this is the first of what we hope will be many events that um, we have a platform, not only the Washington football team, you know, a storied franchise, but also the NFL and the work that the NFL is doing and other organizations like us as well. I think we'll get us to a place where 10 years from now, when we look at these moments that are happening, like a Carl Nassau, like the Washington football team doing its first Pride Night Out, right? It won't seem so monumental because we will have made so much progress. Oh yeah, totally. And one of the things we talked about, or we talked about before, especially with Team DC, is we're working on our teams with diversity and inclusion. So what are some of the ways, uh, other ways that the Washington football team is working on that? So I mentioned our, our leadership team, um, 
Jason, if you ever get a chance to meet him, you should have him on your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, he has been nothing but intentional about building what we believe is the most diverse leadership team in the NFL, right? Um, which is important because we represent a community in the DMV that is diverse in culture, ethnicity, um, color, um, country of origin, um, you know, sexual identity. It is a really unique place in America where in order for a rep uh, an organization that serves like fanatics, right? You have to be able to represent them within the organization. So I think that is one. Um, and then throughout um, the last year or so, uh, the Washington football team has really leaned in to um, diversity and inclusion and equity. A um, couple really great examples is a little more than a year ago, the Washington football team um, launched something called the Black Engagement Network, which we call BEN for short. Um, it's a part of the team's effort to strengthen our commitment to our Black employees through professional development and career management. Um, and uh, this group has done a ton in a year. Uh, this program um, provides support, education, racial uh, equality initiatives in communities across Washington, D.C. metro area through programs like the HBCU uh, Career Panel, our Shop Black Directory, and um, a contribution with FanDuel to the United Negro College Fund. Additionally, Women of Washington, which we call WOW, which is great, <laughs> um, has grown to be the largest women's program in the NFL. And then in 2020, uh, our Women's Initiative Network, which we call WIN, which we launched, it was established for an internal resource just for our female professionals uh, to support allyship, mentorship, career development, and community. Um, so those are to name a few examples of how intentional the, the organization is being uh, on these issues. Right on. Um just a curiosity, you are celebrating Pride Night. Do you have other um, special event days that are planned for this year that center around sort of other communities that you're doing outreach with? We do. In fact, the night that is our Pride Night out, um, we are also celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month with um, an initiative with the <laughs> NFL called Latinx. Um, so we're very excited about that. Um, a little bit later in the season, um, we will be having a, um, uh, what we're calling our Inspire Change game, which will be all about um, uh, social justice um, for people of color. And we have a lot of things planned for that as well. Um, and then we do other things throughout the season to support um, breast cancer awareness. Um, our players actually get a special game where they can um, uh, rally for a cause that's close to their heart, uh, a game that we call uh, my, my, uh, my Cause, My Cleats, where they actually put their, their, um, their cause on their cleats and then those are auctioned off. Um, so yes, lots of things going on. We try to pack as many things into our games as possible because it's such a big platform to speak on these issues with. Absolutely. I mean, just the number of people you get in the stadium alone. Um, so while we're on this topic, what is your website and is there a place on the website that people can go to like find out when these special events are and things like that? Yes. So specifically for this, WashingtonFootball.com 
to for our Pride Night Out backslash Pride. You can learn all about this event, our different ticket options, also purchase parking and that add-on event that I told you about. Um, we also have a line of Pride merchandise um, that fans can purchase through our team shop. The link is on our website at washingtonfootball.com. Uh, we have apparel, we have pride flags, and then uh, different sort of like home decor things that are all pride themed um, through our team shop that we're really um, proud that we have as a part of our merchandise package. Um, and then um, I think for additional events throughout the year that we will be intentional about, um, uh, partnering with folks like Team DC, following our social media accounts, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, we're on it all. Are you? All right, so we got the Pride merch, but can you give us a little hint on uh, if the, you know, the new name or the new logo will be dropping before Pride? Gabe, I knew that you were going to ask <laughs> this. In, you know, we know the answer, but we know. just wanted to put you on the spot. The first thing that anybody ever asks me is, what is the new name going to be? So I, There's three, I, can tell, I, guess. I can tell you this. Um, our president, Jason, has been very good about um, telling everybody that it will be announced early in 2022. I am just as excited as everybody else. <laughs> about the new name and the logo. Um, but again, it's one of those moments where we're being very intentional about how we're doing things, really engaging people and getting them involved in the process. So um, I think it's gonna be very exciting when it's announced. All right. Are you saying that if you're making a playoff run, we might see it this season, but most likely, <laughs> you're not gonna give us any more information. <laughs> Uh, contrary to popular belief, I, I don't even know. I just know <laughs> early 2022. All right. Well, we're going to certainly hold uh, Jason to that because we've been waiting a while now. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and also just for everything that you're doing in your new position with the Washington football team. We're so excited to see to be able to partner with you that with your organization this year um before we let you go is there any message or anything you'd like to say or send out to the lgbtq plus fan base of the washington football team about the team's commitment to the community about the event or about anything else i said this earlier but i'm going to say it again football is for everyone whether you're a fan you're a player, football is for everyone. We believe that as a part of our core at the Washington football team. Um, and we want everybody to get that message out. All right. Well, that sounds great. Washingtonfootball.com. That's it. All right. Well, again, uh, Joey, thank you so much for being here. Right. We really enjoyed it. Am and I going to see the two of you at Pride Night Out? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I took it for the after party today because I didn't want to get closed out of those. And I'm still trying to figure out who I'm going to get, who, how many people I need to get tickets for the game for. Okay. I don't have my game ticket yet, but I have my, my pre-party ticket and I have reserved a seat on the bus. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the bus. I'm not going to have to worry about the parking lot. I actually appreciate it. You have, to, you have to do the most important things first, the party, yeah. and then I'll get and the, the bus, and then, and then yeah. we'll get the, yeah. yeah. I, I figure that nobody's going to let me, let the game sell out before I can get a ticket, but I might, no, I know this crowd and I might get sold out of the party <laughs> if I don't act soon. 
Well, I look forward to meeting you both um, in person um, for um, that night. Uh, you will hopefully see me, but um, all of our staff will be uh, supporting Pride Night Out by wearing a special um, Pride logo theme lapel pin. Um, so you'll be able to recognize any of our team around the stadium. Terrific. And you reminded me that we have not said yet on this podcast, what is the date of Pride Night Out? <laughs> you know, that's important. It's September 16th. It's a Thursday night game. We're playing the New York Giants um, and kickoff is at 8 p.m. Um, if you want my tips and tricks, get there early. Um, it will be a better experience for you from arrival, from parking, from ticketing. Our gates open two hours before kickoff. Um, if you're not going to the special pre-party, um, I have a recommendation. We have a special gate at gate C. It's our, called our Bud Light Party Pavilion. It opens three hours before kickoff. And our fans also love to tailgate. So um, our lots open four hours before kickoff if you do want to have a tailgate experience. All right. And kickoff is eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Right. Yep. And the pre-party, if you do get a ticket, starts at 6.30. Yep. All right. Well, this is going to be a fantastic evening. I can already tell. <laughs> well, thank you for helping us pull this off. Um, we're really excited. All right. Well, thanks again. And also, everyone, you can go to our website, teamdc.org, and find a link there for the tickets for Pride Night Out as well. Thanks again, Joey. I hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Under the Bleachers. Under the Bleachers is proudly produced by and a product of Team DC. For more information about Team DC, please visit www.teamdc.org. We want to give credit to Ralph Elston for the design of our logo. Also, our music is provided by DC's Different Drummers Marching Band and was composed by Travis Gettinger. You can always find Under the Bleachers at underthebleachers.podbean.com and on all major podcast apps, including Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast and share us with a friend who might enjoy listening. Under the Bleachers is hosted by Team DC board members Laura Frere and Gabriel Hernandez. All views and opinions expressed are solely those of the host and participants of Under the Bleachers and do not express the views of Team DC.